0: Packers GM Brian Gutekunst was on the podium yesterday, and one thing, well, there was a couple things, but one thing was uh, prevalent in the majority of it, that was the trading of Devante Adams, as uh, Gutekunst had mentioned that they knew it was going to be happening near the season's end, like right as the season was ending, and right after it ended, it was like, alright, we're gonna have to trade this guy, uh, that was the word from... Uh, and then Rowdy, he said it was the best thing for the organization and the best thing for Devontae Adams. Uh, let me ask you right away. Trading Devontae Adams, is that the best? Now, I get it's the best thing for Devontae Adams. He's been a lifelong Raiders fan. Uh, we've seen him in the yearbook pictures of him with the Charles Woodson Raiders jersey on, saying he wanted to be an NFL or an NBA star, turned out to be a star wide receiver. Its obviously the best thing for Devontae Adams. He gets to link up with us. College quarterback and Derek Carr. Got a house there in Las Vegas, so good for him. Is trading Devontae Adams the best thing for the Packers organization, though, as Brian Gutekunst suggests, Rowdy?
1: Can I say yes and no?
0: Of course you can. We're here till 10. We can so, talk about it.
1: Yes, in the fact that it didn't sound like he wanted to be there anymore, like how you were just saying it was a good thing for Devontae Adams. Yep, He got his money, which the Packers also could have offered, but he got to go out to the West coast where he's from for the team that he loved growing up. Like you mentioned just in a different city. Was it the best for the Packers? And when I say yes, I'm saying yes because they got something for him, right? But they also lost the best wide receiver in the game. And that's, that's why I say no. (laughs) So yes, they got something for him. They did not just lose him because he, Technically was an unrestricted yep, free agent. Yep. He could go and do whatever they want or wherever he wanted, sign wherever. Well, the green Bay Packers, obviously they threw the franchise tag and on he him. He said, I'm not doing that. He says, yep, exactly. Nope. Nope. Not I'm not playing me. on this. That's then no for me, They dog. end up trading. him, getting a first and a second round pick for him. So I'll say yes and no. Yes. Because they got something for him and maybe they wouldn't have necessarily have because he could have walked yep. and two, no, because yes, you lost one of the best receivers in the game.
0: I know it's hard to stomach because when we were talking about if this would be Rogers last year or this night, like, could you imagine losing Rogers and Devonte? Well, you lost one of them, Devonte Adams, and it doesn't feel good when you have the best wide receiver in the game go elsewhere. And then you look at your wide receiver room and you're like, what's going on in here?
1: Yeah. But could you have imagined if they were in the same salary cap situation? where they were up against it. They didn't exactly know what they wanted to do. They ended up not tagging Devontae Adams. Yeah. And then they lost Devontae Adams and got nothing. Zip. You get nothing.
0: Yeah, so the let's see here. Devontae Adams uh, placed on the franchise tag with the Packers uh, before sort of free agency. It was eaten up roughly $20 million of salary cap. And there wasn't a contract the team could offer him to make him change his mind for wanting to play uh, for the Raiders. Now, here's the thing. So the Packers did offer him a new contract, a different contract, and it was essentially the same as the Raiders, if you believe the reports out there, and more guaranteed money. But Devontae Adams, Rowdy, dead set on uh, not playing for the Packers. And I don't think it was an animosity thing. I don't think it was a hey, FU thing. I think it was a hey, I have a an opportunity to play for my boyhood team i that I've always dreamed to play for and link up with Derek Carr. Um, I wonder how that sat with everyone in the front office. Like we have to placate towards Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'd say placate towards Aaron Rodgers. You got to make number 12 happy to a degree. You got to let him have kind of a say in some things to make it. I mean, he was very, you know, boisterous about that uh, two seasons ago. So you look at Aaron Rodgers and they got to placate to them. What do you think was going on? If you're GM in this situation, Rowdy, are you doing everything in your, I guess you could say they did because they have from a contract more guaranteed money. But at the end of the day, are you, are you literally thinking to yourself like, Hey, it's just, this is business. This is part of doing business. You sometimes you gotta let no one to hold them and no one to fold them. Rowdy. Like, could you imagine being Brian Goodencoons in this situation, trading away your best player? Well, it's a hundred percent business.
1: We've talked about how on both sides, it's business. If you're a player, you have basically two things on your mind, getting paid and winning championships. If you're a front office, you basically have one thing on your mind. It's winning a championship. And making sure others get paid. Well, we've talked about uh, just in general with the NFL, once you start to see a guy start to decline or start to slip, yeah. it's a cutthroat business. Once you start to fall off, the odds that you stick in the league aren't very good.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing. To think that uh, Brian Gutekunst doesn't have a scenario played out uh, with you know this happening is foolish. If you are... To his stature, or just anyone in a professional rank in a professional sport, i.e., a GM, if you don't have multiple plans planned out for like what if scenarios and this and that, then I don't know how you got to that position uh, for your job to begin with. There's no way they go in blind, right, Rowdy? There's no way they go in blind to be like, oh, I, I was totally caught off guard that Devontae Adams left. There's no, there's no way that they did not have some kind of plan. For it, And if they were caught off guard, my God, they got a plan real quick because they did get something nice for Devonte Adams, a one in the two coming up here. So would
1: you say, like, if Gutekunst and the Packers front office got nothing for Devontae Adams? Uh, then I would say they did not have a plan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, they they went into that with Devontae Adams expecting... Blind hope. Yeah, expecting him to sign back. Mm-hmm. That, that would have been the plan if they got absolutely nothing for him.
0: Yeah. Instead, they get the first-round pick, number 22, and the second-round pick, number 53, uh, that's what the Raiders give to Green Bay, and uh, that gives Green Bay four picks in the first fifty-nine of the draft in April, which starts on uh, Thursday night, the twenty-eighth. So it's starting to get closer. It, it's we're less than a month away. What are you, you kind so of go March through? 29th.
1: Yeah, you go through March Madness, and that gets over by what next Monday, less than a week. Yep. Then you have Brewers Opening Day later in the week. Then the next big benchmark for uh, sports is. The NFL draft.
0: Remember remember when the world shut down Rowdy and all we had was the draft? Yep. And it was supposed to be in Vegas, and then it was on what Roger Goodell's living or basement.
1: But then if you remember, it was like, okay, well, what's baseball going to do? Oh, they're going to push it off till hopefully sometime in the summer. Then it was like all of April was strictly draft. Yeah. And then after that, from May, June, until the end of July... There was nothing.
0: There was nothing. There
1: was marble racing
0: and some Korean baseball. But other than that, nothing. Yeah, it feels good. Now, we'll talk some draft coming up here because there's uh, where it's going to be. The Packers not only lost out on keeping Devontae Adams, but also lost out on the 2024 draft. We'll get to that uh, a little later. Uh, I wanted to have some comments here from Brian Gutekunst talking about, you know, Devontae. And when they knew they were going to have to move on from Devontae. It had to be a hard pill to stomach, right? Best player, best wide receiver, I should say, arguably. I don't, one or two. And he says, you know what? Green Bay ain't for me anymore. Here's Brian Gudukunz when they, uh, Figured out they'd have to move on.
2: Not really during the season. It was more after the season as we got through some things and had had discussions afterwards. But again, I think um, Devontae deserved a lot of respect as we went through this process, and we felt we gave that to him. And we're very straightforward, open and honest with the communication part of it. And just as we got through it into free agency and we were um, moving on with that cap number, I think the best thing for the organization is to, is to move on.
0: The best thing for the organization already to move on.
1: Yeah, he, Brian Gutekunst with those comments might have been like, hopeful that Devontae Adams would be coming back and that they could find a way to make a deal. Yeah, like
0: here's more guaranteed money,
1: but hindsight being 2020 for what it is, I think you can look back and say Rogers and Devontae Adams knew what they were doing from the start of the year. And while the media ran with Aaron Rodgers is going to be <laughs> gone. The last dance as they dubbed it was actually for Devontae Adams. Yeah.
0: Funny how the media wants to paint one picture when it actually it's uh, not reality. Uh, but Brian Gutekunst, though, talking about, and, you know, as Rowdy and I were saying, too, it's important to get something back from Adams. Again, going back to that plan we were talking about. If you don't have a plan, you're an idiot. If you do, you're like Brian Gutekunst. You got some draft picks. Here's more from Goody.
2: Well, certainly getting something back, you know, that could, could help our football team was very important. Um, so you never really replace a guy like Devontae Adams. It's going to be more cumulative on how the whole team steps up and, and, and plays and what we can add to that. So getting kind of the two picks and having four picks in the top 59, I think gives us a little bit of ammunition to, um, you know, try to make the difference there a little bit. A
0: little ammunition. I think they got a lot of ammunition up there for the draft upcoming here.
2: Yeah, we'll see how much they
1: go into draft night with, though. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, t- t- is today the last day of free agency? When's the last day of free agency? I have to go look at that.
1: I think free agency continues until the
0: Or what, for wasn't, there a last date, wasn't there a last day today? Um, I must be thinking of something different. All right, whatever. So here's more from Brian Gudekunst talking about uh, – they had other things they wanted to do, and Adams on the franchise tag kept them from doing those things.
2: It's like everything. I talk about the dominoes all the time, and there are some dominoes that uh, were important to us that uh, if we continued on the road we were, it was going to be difficult to, to put the team we wanted to put around um, Aaron and everybody. So I think uh, it, two different situations, but um, you know, we wish them the best.
0: Yep, always wish them the best. But now they talk about how, with Adams gone, they have flexibility with that salary.
2: Some of these things happen that maybe we wouldn't have been able to do, and so I think we have more flexibility now than we would have. But we're still not, you know, we're not foot loose and fancy free with that. But at the same time, I think we have some flexibility that if the right player was there, we could acquire him. And I don't, I don't feel like we have too many restrictions. We're not
1: foot loose and fancy free. (laughs) Well, <laughs> what, I think what he means by that is, AKA, we wouldn't have been able to probably sign Rasul Douglas, yeah. the Jaron Reeds of the world, and the Bob Tunyans because a lot of the money that was freed up, well, technically freed up with that, roughly twenty point two million, went towards signing all those guys, including Snoop Dogg's cousin, who we <laughs> mentioned yesterday, <laughs> Nixon. Like, like a lot of those guys wouldn't have been able to be signed if they didn't free up that money because you look at the green Bay Packers now and where they're at salary cap wise, they're currently at about $15 million, but you have to take in consideration signing all your draft picks and you got to take in consideration, taking that $5 million into next uh, regular season. That's 15 right there. Technically, they have 15 million dollars to spend but really for working salary cap they're about tapped out right now with we've mentioned weeks the last few weeks yeah. with only so many moves left so i would i would say yes to an extent they do have some salary cap space because they can create some, but they're not foot loose and fancy free. They don't
2: have a ton of it.
0: They're not foot loose and fancy free. I got. to I just got to that some
1: one.
2: Some of these things happen that maybe we wouldn't have been able to do, and so I think we have more flexibility now than we would have. But it, we're still not. You know, we're not foot loose and fancy free with that.
1: Well, think about if they did keep Devontae Adams on that franchise tag, they probably sign maybe one out of those four guys that we had just mentioned. Yeah. And they would have to be doing more work to be able to open up some cap space. Now, if they did the maximum work opening up that cap space and signing those exact players that they've used, man, I don't know if they could have done it. I don't know if they would have been able to come up with enough money to free up, to sign those other cats and have enough for the, Draft and five extra million left over for in season moves, it would have been extremely close, and that's making like the maximum moves left to them.
0: What do you think about like cutting? Would you have to cut Mason Crosby,
1: cut or restructure?
0: There was, I don't d- think you extend Diener. them. Deener, who else would be the victim of that? I'm trying to think,
1: Lowry. Yeah, he would have been either cut, ex- cut extended, or restructured. I think it's pretty safe to say it would have been a restructure. Yeah. Then you would have had Crosby, who would have been in the exact same situation, cut, extended, or restructured. I think he also falls into the restructure. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, but he already paid $2 million into his would roster you, bonus. Would you
0: still have extended and redone Preston Smith? Yeah, that was one that had to get done. Because they did that. That was like one of their first moves. Does Evandre Campbell come back?
1: Probably not. I mean, that's the thing. It's like out of all those guys that were brought back, a lot of them probably wouldn't have been able to. You wouldn't have been able to carve out enough money.
0: Yeah. And then there's one move, and Brian Gutekunst was talking about it yesterday. There's one move that they still have yet to make but want to make and that would be re-sign Jair Alexander before the season, uh, restructure his deal. Here's more from Goody.
2: Yeah, I mean, we would we'd love to. We'll see, kind of see how that goes. Um, but he's such a big part of what we're doing. Uh, he's been such a good player for us from the day he kind of arrived, and um, you know we'd love we'd love for that to happen. Um, certainly, we've been in communication with uh, his representation, and, and we will continue to be as we go we go through the year.
0: Yeah, so he's entering the final year of his rookie contract, due for a new deal. Uh, you know, Pro Bowl cornerback, dude's a baller. Alexander, great 2020 season, pair of interceptions, in the NFC title game against the Buccaneers, if you remember correctly. Off to another good start till that shoulder injury week four, which sidelined him the rest of the year. And uh, let's see, what did he return a little bit for that playoff game, but was limited to just eight snaps? So the Packers definitely had some injuries uh, near the end there. And, you know, the, the defense played their freaking lights out against the Niners. It was the offense and special teams that stunk. So getting Jair Alexander back on a new deal would be pretty nice. And we've talked about this yesterday and last week. We're both, right, Rowdy, surprised that they haven't gotten this done yet. It's like, let's, let's yeah. go.
1: What are we waiting on? Not right? exactly sure unless they're waiting on having like deals in place mm-hmm. where it's like, Hey, we're going to sign this guy and we're going to sign that guy. We just have to announce that uh, we have Jair Alexander. But again, I don't know why you would be holding back on that.
0: Yeah. Unless his camp is holding back. I, I don't know. More will be revealed on all that front. So nice to see Brian Gudakunst on the podium yesterday. Uh, the UW lacrosse product doing it and doing it well when it comes uh being the man for the Green Bay Packers. Excited for the draft, man. Um, I, I've seen the mock drafts started to come out already. You've been seeing the mock drafts coming out, Rowdy? Uh, uh,
1: I've been looking at it very, very briefly. I've been
0: seeing mock drafts from all the, uh, not the big check, not the big J's and the blue, ch- like a lot of like the fan sites and stuff. People are just losing their minds. It's like, man, you put so much time into these mock drafts just to maybe get the first pick right. And that's about it. So, mock drafts coming out full force. Yeah, so and I'm not I, talking about the first pick for the Packers. I'm talking about first pick in the
1: NFL. We were briefly talking about um, all the players that they can still manipulate their uh, roster status to come up with more money. Yeah. And I think if they do what I think they would do for all those players, the most they could carve out is about 19 million. Oh, yeah. And they're right around the salary cap now. So 19 million would be the max. Uh-huh. Devontae was worth 20.2. Yeah, so he had to go. If they wanted to keep all the every single player that they have currently signed this offseason, he had to go. Now
0: he's just uh, another guy in the way. Green Bay Packers to Las Vegas Raiders. Hurts, and we have a question here from a guy, Victor Fernandez, who is going to replace Devontae Adams. That, my friend, is the million-dollar question.
1: Well, I think Goody said it. No one's going to exactly replace him. They're going to do their best to supplement multiple players to try and fill the role.
0: No one's ever replaced in Green Bay. We carry on. Their memory lingers, but we soldier on. Wisconsin Badger football. Spring practice, this will be their fourth practice today. They go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So they had three last week, and they'll uh, kick off their practices uh, starting today, then Thursday, then Saturday. But the running back room... I uh, met with the media yesterday, and there are some interesting factoids coming out there. Some players already hurt, and Rowdy made this comment in the uh, office yesterday, and I, ch- I chuckled. Chesma, or not Chesma, excuse me, Isaac Gorendo will not be uh, taking pra- uh, practice, spring practice, over the next month. Yeah, I'm He has right. uh, got a ligament tear. In Bra- his foot, right? Yeah, Brady Shipper is unknown, but he's out. His, his injury is unknown, but he's out. So all the work is going to go to uh, Braylon Allen, Julius Davis, Jackson a- uh, Aker, and then you get a little bit um, – well uh, Malusi is there, but he's coming back from his ACL Didn't Zach ACL Tito, injury. he's a
3: fullback, Aker? Oh, I think he did have a position change. Yeah. So but the running still back room – in the running back room, but – Running
0: back room, a little light. I'm going to have comments coming up here, and we've got to talk about the new running back's coach because some players made some interesting comments uh, about the new coach that is in town here.
3: I mean, the most interesting uh, comment came from a guy who doesn't get a lot of snaps. Who? Julius Davis. Oh, there, Ches Malusi had an interesting one too about L. Johnson, the new coach. I must have missed that one. I I just saw Julius Davis's quote. What would he say? He's like, well, I didn't. We didn't know if we could trust him when he first got hired, but then we figured since Coach Chris trusts him, we should. Oh yeah, I did see. I'm that, like I'm like what? Malusi
0: said something similar to that as well. Yeah. So we'll get to those comments coming up. Um, but. Looking at you know Wisconsin football here, uh, we'll do the running backs room next. But they were talking yesterday, last week, of Paul Chris was about ball security and the number one, not public enemy number one, but someone that needs to be working on taking care of the ball. Graham Mertz, eleven interceptions last year. Saw that. So, and I thought Rowdy brought up a good thing last week that if it wasn't for that Illinois game, we're just talking about Graham Mertz like he's another Wisconsin quarterback. A guy that just hands the ball off, maybe makes a couple throws here and there, and then there's some back-breaking interceptions or fumbles. Like, sure. I have almost lost faith in Graham Murch a little bit. Now everyone talks about, well, you got to give him time. You got to give him time. Isn't isn't he been three years in the program now?
1: Yeah, yeah. guy's gonna be 22 years old. At the, what point the do best you, quarterbacks at his age are already entering
3: the NFL?
0: At what point do you look at this guy and be like, I've given you enough time. I'm ready for something new. Is this the make or break?
3: Like it's Wisconsin. You're always ready for the next guy. This this quarterback. I remember was, growing up, we had a guy. This was
0: different though, RJ. We had a
3: we had a guy who sat two rows in front of us, who the minute uh, Scott Cavanaugh took the field was calling for Bollinger. Which good call on that guy. Yeah. Um. And then the minute Bollinger had a turnover. You you could see he's like where's the next guy like didn't know even though the guy's name starts looking down the roster and didn't, didn't know how to pronounce his name and for like a whole season just starts chanting Sorgi 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 I'm like you're not saying it right bud <laughs> Sorgi <laughs> who is this guy yeah, Growing up this oh, was okay. a dude who sat okay. like two rows uh in front of us at football games still still sits there but Sorgi he's he's uh, did he get the, is he
0: getting the quarterbacks names right is he still calling for who's ever
3: behind Graham Mertz um, no, he's actually uh, toned it down. He's an older gentleman now. Uh, Father time, undefeated. Older gentleman. He's probably around my parents' age. So, like, yeah, whatever. Father time, uh, undefeated. But brings his grandchildren now to games. So, like, is more of a, a a guy who's kind of mellowed out as he's gotten up there in his badger fandom. Well, that's good. Yeah, learn to learn to. Let life come at you as it will. Right. Not get your panties in a bunch. I thought
1: he would just be teaching the younger generation.
3: No, apparently not. Passing it along. Maybe maybe, they're, maybe like his kids were like, you know what, Dad? Not bringing them. Hey, Dad, you know how your doctor said your blood pressure's really high? Let's, let's take it down a notch. And, those, and you get those chest pains every once in a while. In the end, it doesn't really matter.
0: How about we just, you know, instead of yelling for Sorgi, how about we just take a deep breath and just relax? Or his kid was
3: probably like, Dad, it's Sorgi. Shut up. (laughs) Move on. Uh, Our guy, uh, let's see here. Timmy Bobby
0: up on Twitch says Didn't Ricky Bobby? uh, I think he meant Julius, not Julius, but that's fine. Didn't Julius get kicked off the team? No, Mm -mm. he did not.
3: He's just been in the doghouse with every running <laughs> yeah. backs coach that has been there since he's been there. He was one of the few
1: that actually didn't get kicked off the team last year. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, if you were in the running backs was, room, uh, loyal yeah. Crawford, loyal Crawford, and Antoine, Roberts. Yeah, Antoine Who's the, Roberts, one of them got kicked off, the other got suspended indefinitely. But they oh, they transferred. And then the, yeah, then and then Jalen Berger. Yeah, Berger. He Berger's in Michigan State, right? Yeah. Correct. Where you know he must have been told uh, that get transferred from Wake Forest was leaving. Yeah. Because there's no way you transfer there when that guy's there. I think it was Loyal Crawford who got kicked off because he s-
0: had a knife in the f- fight. I yeah. see the one that was the dorm room
1: where the fight was. Anyways, well, doesn't matter. They're, done. One, They're Remember, one of them, one of them had the knife, the other yep. one was in on the fight, and then wasn't Berger suspected of videotaping said fight, and yeah. then Berger was already in the doghouse because he was a guy that didn't like to work out, didn't like to lift yep. weights, and didn't like uh, all the extracurriculars that go along with playing on the field.
0: That's what it is. Good memory. So about yeah, that,
1: that was the three running backs that exited uh, the room last year.
0: Uh, Ches Malusi, Badgers running back, meeting with the media yesterday, as well as Braylon Allen, Julius Davis, uh, Ches Malusi, though, tore his ACL later in the season uh, last year. He talks about his recovery and when he plans to be back. Take a listen.
4: I, I feel super good. You know, like I, I'm running uh, about next week will be four months. Yeah. So you know, I, I just been attacking you, like the goals to be available September
1: third, so the goal is to be
0: available against Illinois State.
1: I did see a Jake Kokorowski tweet oh, talking go. about uh Ches Malusi and the fact that he said he's about sixty percent he thinks right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which four months, sixty percent. That's 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 kinda like on pace for the seven month Adrian Peterson, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pump <laughs> the brakes on that. Am yeah. I right? That math checks yeah. out, right? That I, I,
3: math I, checks out. I would say you're more along the lines of Bakhtiari <laughs> and you're gonna rush back, totally screw it up and then <laughs> have a little some fluid extra fluid yeah. on the knee and then have a setback. Well, I
1: think the standard for like everybody is about a year these days. Yeah.
3: Yep. And some of the
1: better athletes it's like nine months. Right. And then there's Adrian Peterson. Who's the outlier. Who's the seven months. And then he's going to run for like 2,000 yards. Yeah. Adrian Peterson was the anomaly. In all. Of so that. I think yes, if you're Ches Malusi, you're probably really closer to 40% if you're going to hit that nine-month period.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think the Badgers are probably hoping for more of the nine
4: months. Yeah.
1: So here's more from Malusi saying he still has time and he does not <laughs> need
0: to
4: rush of getting back. That's kind of one of the things that I kind of like after that first week and I just kind of stopped feeling sorry for myself and you know like you, you look at situations like AP you look at like I said about Amari Rogers you came back in about five and a half, six months you know like I it was just kind of one of those things like if they can do it why can I you know and I, even like I don't have to be back in six months because the season for the season starts will be ten for me, yeah. so you know I have time. So that's that's kind of my big factor.
0: Why couldn't it be me? Well, you just named Adrian Peterson, who's one out of <laughs> I don't know how many ACL surgeries have ever occurred, yeah. and Amari Rogers, I guess, came back quick too. That's two guys two. who are professional well, athletes.
3: Yeah,
1: the I would say another outlier that was actually really recent would be Cam Akers coming back from yeah. Achilles tear yeah. in like five months, and now. Was he great against the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl? No, but he gave them some really good carries at the end of the uh, year and in the playoffs prior to those games. But, yeah, Cam Akers came back in like five, I think it was five months. But that's insane. So, again, that's, that's three names in the last... 10 years that we're able to do it in less than 9 months. So right here Amari
0: Rodgers inside Clemson wide receivers rapid ACL recovery. Despite tearing his ACL in late March, Clemson's Amari Rodgers was back in action by week 2. That's hey. that's crazy. Ches Malusi? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, uh, Malusi
3: though I like how he names those guys. AP and Amari, Amari. Rodgers. Well he played with Amari. Yeah. That's a good point. So that makes sense.
1: Yeah. But also uh, maybe he was training so hard Amari Rodgers that was he forgot how to catch punts, catch passes. Yeah. So I was reading here, Amari, sure.
0: sometime in July Amari Rodgers began jogging. This wouldn't have been such a big deal had it not been three months earlier he underwent a torn surgery, uh, or a surgery for a torn ACL. T. Martin, the former championship winning Tennessee quarterback, current UT assistant and also Amari's father could not believe what his son had told him. You're jogging? I text him, yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, for reals, Dan. Yeah, just three months after my surgery, I'm jogging again. That's wild.
1: Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny that we've been talking about the Wisconsin running back room for about 10 minutes now, and we've talked about all the injuries that it has currently with guys being out, which doesn't that seem like every spring? Yes. There's yeah. like a handful of guys out.
3: I mean, there's there's guys you don't need getting injured.
1: And the one guy that we haven't talked about really much at all was the one guy that just burst out of the scene? Oh, we'll get to him. It's
3: because he's there. He's, we'll
1: get to him. He's, he's the man. He just turned 18. We'll get to him. Uh, Ches Malusi, though, uh, on him. <laughs> we talked about all the injuries, the knife fights, the, the guys leaving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on,
0: I want to dance. I went on, on a polka. I will get to Malusi does talk about the greatness of Braylon Allen Rowdy coming up here. But first, this is the quote that I think we both were talking about, RJ. Uh, Julius Davis said something. Ches Malusi also said something how they are caught off guard with the hire of Al Johnson, the new running backs coach. Here, take a listen to what Ches had to say.
4: Yeah, I mean, I was kind of the same way at first as well, but, you know, uh, then you kind of step back and you take you, you take a look and you're like, you know, this guy played O-line here. You know, he brings, like, one of those, like, gritty, like, I've done this, i played in the league for 10-plus years, and you're just like, you can't not listen to this guy. Like, he's done it, he's played with crazy backs, like, and he was an offensive lineman at Wisconsin, so, like, he brings that, like, aspect with him, so.
0: Yeah, Julius Davis said, and I quote, at first we all questioned it, like, eh. I don't yeah. know about this one. and then But then you look at the bigger picture. If Coach Chris can trust him to come in and coach us, why can't we trust See, him? See, But I will say
3: this. That's an interesting comment. Yeah, I will say this. Being caught off guard by a hire is not the same as I questioned the hire. Yes. Whereas one guy gets meaningful snaps, was caught off guard by the hire. One guy who had maybe 20 snaps last year.
0: It was, I, I don't it know It seemed like yeah. it was in a
3: doghouse. Right. Is questioning the hire. Yeah. Maybe that tells you the mindset and where these guys are for a reason. Well, I think a lot of people were kind of surprised by the hire. He had never been a running backs coach right. before. But one guy is questioning the hire. Uh-huh. One guy was surprised by the hire. There's two totally different. Those are two totally different mindsets. Uh, Braylon Allen also was talking about it. I'll play the quote from Braylon
0: Allen before we dive into Braylon Allen. Here's Braylon Allen. Uh, He said he's not concerned about Al Johnson having no experience as the running backs coach.
4: I wouldn't say surprised. Um, I know that we're going to bring in a guy who is is fit for the job and and is just going to get us better. So I wasn't worried about it.
0: One more. He's talking about his initial impressions of Al Johnson. So
4: far, I, I like him a lot, not just as a coach, but as a person. And, um, I think he brings a lot of value to to our room, um, being an ex-o-lineman, um, helping a lot with protections and, um, you know, just pass blocking in general, um, getting our tech- technique right, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, he's been pretty good. I bet
1: it is, though, a, a bit of a change-up when you bring in a guy that hasn't been in a running back's room mm-hmm. to um, Blanken. What was the former coach? Brown. Brown. Who was
3: in the NFL? Yeah, who was in the ex-coach. NFL
1: as a running back coach Cowboys, right? with the Cowboys and kinda what it seemed like brought a lot of personality into that room, kind of his own little uh flavor and yeah. and per- way that he went about things. Mm-hmm. I bet it is a change up, and it's not like they've really been in doing a ton of stuff. They're probably lifting weights, but the real practices again start in spring. Right. So they're they're just getting to know this guy who was just hired not too long ago.
0: It is an interesting hire though. A guy that had, and Zach Halpern was on, what, like a couple of weeks ago talking about it, how everyone, yeah. everyone was surprised. They're like, wow, oh, yeah. this is, he only got this, I think the, the, the connotation was he only got the job because he's buddies in, with Paul Crest. Wow. Whether he's buddies or not, I don't know. I mean,
3: he was a player. Well, I mean, that's what Wisconsin does. They hire Wisconsin guys. Important. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think there's been other O-line coaches who have coached running backs. Yeah. Um, you know and just look at Bob Bosted. He played linebacker in college, never really coached the defensive side of the ball, and then came in and was making All-Americans. So
0: I have comments from Al Johnson. He also met yesterday Oh, alongside. We'll get to that. Braylon Allen. This dude is a freak. And that's a compliment. I was looking at his Twitter account yesterday. Uh, Braylon Allen trolling Saquon Barkley a little bit here. So Saquon Barkley, a video of him was servicing again of when he was a freshman at Penn State. Saquon, that is, clean, cleaning, 390 pounds. A lot of weight. Braylon Allen quoted that and said, cute. And then if you scroll right above it, there is a video of Braylon Allen doing his PR, his personal record, cleaning, cleaning. 406 pounds. Oh, my God, Rowdy. I was watching this show called uh, Thousand Pound Sisters last night. I don't know if you ever heard it. No. One sister's like 300 pounds. The other one's like 600. Jeez. Oh, yeah. They're beauts. Braylon Allen could could clean one and a third of those sisters. This is wild about how much weight this guy is moving. Uh, they do need some help moving around. So Braylon, if you need a uh, off-season job, they they need someone to to help them out there at their house. But Rowdy Braylon Allen, what a what a monster! And this dude didn't even play. When, when did he finally start playing? After t- three game, two yeah, games? Yeah, first
1: three four games is when he really started to get his feet wet and starting to command more and more carries. And then obviously by halfway through the season, he was your lead back. Now I know there was some injuries like Ches Malusi did tear his knee up. I know that Jalen Berger was basically kind of under the table, said, Hey, you're out here probably should leave And he he transferred out. And there were some other rendo got hurt. Yeah. There were some other issues and, and injuries in that running back room where they were pretty thin for a while. But he busted on the scene, and Never I don't think back. he's given that roll back. No.
0: um, What, a 1,000-yard rusher in just a handful of games? Dude was just electric. And he is that next line of Badger running back. They're like, my God, this guy is destined coming out of running back U to have himself a nice little career and go to the next level.
1: And I think, uh, I mean, this is part of the story that everyone already knows, but he's 17 years old, re- re-enrolls. So that he's a year older in school. So he could come a year earlier to Wisconsin. And when he gets there, yeah, obviously he's incredibly strong. Like in the weight room, you're seeing all these videos for Yeah. And all you see is like, Oh, he did this much for squat. He did this much for clean. He's 17 years old, but going into the season, they still weren't hundred percent sure what position he was going to play. <laughs> right. Is he going to play safety? <laughs> I don't know. Jimmy Leonard wants him to play safety. Wait, can he play safety? He might be too big. Maybe you have to move him to linebacker. Could you imagine him playing safety? Oh, wait. I think he's going to try and play running back. Could you imagine him playing safety? Well, that's what he was originally recruited for. Yeah, he's huge. Uh, Wow. But yes, I think they found his role, and I think that he'll stick at running back, and uh, I don't think anyone's questioning that now. Uh, Most rushing yards when facing
0: eight-plus defenders in the box in the season that was. Braylon Allen led the country, led the way. 814 rushing yards when 8 plus defenders in the box for the season that was. You can't stop the dude. Incredible.
1: Doesn't it feel nice when Wisconsin just has the back that can carry the ball 30 times
0: and just murder people in front of them?
1: Don't don't you just feel so much better about the team moving forward when you have that running back that can carry it? Because remember in like the lean years where it's like, "Hey, they got a revolving door of of running backs that all, all some of these guys have some talent. We're expecting this out of this guy. And this guy has, has shown flashes. And then finally, it always seems like it might take a season at the most, but someone emerges. Yeah.
0: And they emerge in a, like, and now they can't deny their greatness. IE Braylon. Yeah. It's it's not Braylon Allen. Yeah. It's Braylon Allen's time. Uh, Braylon Allen talks about, how he has grown, you know, the media he's grown as a leader. Take a listen.
4: Yeah, definitely have grown a lot in that way. Um, I feel like, you know, in the running back room, um, I kind of have, even though it's only my, really still my first year, um, kind of have like a vet, veteran um, type presence and, you know, guys ask me questions and look to me for, for some stuff that they might not be too sure about. Um, so definitely have grown a lot in that way. What was the biggest thing?
0: Yeah, when you got a guy that uh, I don't know, I think you would garner some respect and some interest if you're in the gym, and albeit he's young, just turned eighteen. If you see a dude cleaning four hundred and six pounds, I bet you some people would be like, "Yeah, I would like to play with this guy. This guy would beat some ass out on the field."
1: Jesus. Who was it that was it? Polly that called in and was talking about him leaving early. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be I, for... okay. If I'm Braylon Allen, I reenlisted to go early, right? Mm -hmm. I can do all these crazy things in the weight room. I obviously have a little bit of speed behind it as well. I play running back where remember how they threw because they didn't have a fall season. He had to play spring football and then into fall and he was kind of coming up banged up where his ankles were sore, and just his lower body. And that's a huge increase in workload from high school football to college and then throwing on top of that, the spring to fall. Yeah, Cause he never had, a,
0: he never had a break.
1: If I'm Braylon Allen and he's a hundred percent going to be set at running back, I would play. If I could go out after three years, I would leave after three years for
0: sure. I mean, he never had a break from high school to
1: you to only Wisconsin. get so many hits in a body and at playing running back, it's less than playing quarterback.
0: And this dude gets all the hits and he's like, this dude is phenomenal. He is crazy good, and I would not fault him for you know leaving as soon as you possibly could.
1: And that would be really... And since he did re-enlist and just turned 18, <laughs> 18 would be as technically his second season. 19 would be his third season. He'd be turning 20 in his first NFL season, in theory, if he left... That's crazy. If he left after three years. But you have to... Okay, remember some of the, the running backs that... Like the Maurice Claretts of the world? <laughs> yeah. That... Now, Maurice Claret was nowhere near the size of of Braylon Allen when it comes to height and weight. He was he was definitely smaller, but he knew that his time was limited. Yep. He wanted to leave. Remember he absolutely balled out his freshman year and that wouldn't was he, when like, Ohio State ended up beating Miami.
0: Didn't he steal a bunch of stuff?
1: In that national title game? But but his body was beat up and he's like I need to go to the NFL and they wouldn't let him go, uh-huh. and he had to wait another year, and then it, it was well all downhill from there, and then there was drinking and some off-the-field stuff. But he knew that he had to get out because his body was starting to fail him. Yeah. If I'm a running back, I'm 100% getting out as early as I can, oh, knowing yeah. that the money's there.
0: No, there's no doubt about it. I would, I'm would. i definitely leaving. Did, did Maurice Claret, was he... Was he caught stealing Uh,
1: stuff? I don't know about stealing, but he was a big uh, drinker.
0: Oh, that's what it was.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there was some stuff that was chasing
0: some demons. That was part of the reason
1: what flamed. Well, one, basically taking a whole year off and then trying to play football, it really never works for anybody. Mm -hmm. And throw on top of that, hitting the booze really hard.
0: Uh, We got another interesting comment here, not on nudity. Uh, Joey messaged it, and you just messaged him back. Look at that. As where we're going to talk to you. I'm a Raiders fan living in Wisconsin, born and raised here. My question is, do you guys think the Raiders can win the AFC West with the addition of Devontae Adams? Now, Brian Gutekunst, the Packers GM, was on the podium yesterday talking about how it was the right move for the organization and the best move for Devontae. Well, Devontae said he going to sit off his franchise tag anyways. You look at that AFC West, though, Rowdy. My God, is that the hardest division of all football?
1: Well, you look at what the AFC West has done. You just talked about how the Raiders acquired Devontae Adams. You talk about how the Kansas City Chiefs have lost now Tyreek Hill. They also, it looks like, will probably lose Tyrene Matthews, the captain of their defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denver acquired Russell Wilson the Los Angeles chargers have Herbert Herbert, and and he's only going to continue to get better and better. Yeah. I mean, it's all four teams that you would have to say, well, I would say three teams are on the rise, right? You would say the chiefs are probably the only team on the decline, but they were the team that was uh, on top of the, mountain in that division yeah, and they're still going to be a solid team. What do we know with uh, having Aaron Rodgers for the past 15 years? You got a good quarterback. You can win your division. You can- and you're going to be in it. Well, mm-hmm. they still have Patrick Mahomes and they locked him up, up long term. And I just messaged him back. You know, it's pretty early right now. There's they're still NFL teams that are signing free agents. You still have an NFL draft coming up in a month. Yep. You still have June first cuts, just to see what big time players get released due to again salary caps uh, situations, contract situations. A lot, a lot still to do. But I think the when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, you know that they're Patrick Mahomes. You know that they're uh, Kelsey. You know that they're going to score points. Yep. It's Andy Reid, no right? Or Tyreek Hill. But yeah, you look at the Raiders now. They have. One of the best receivers in football, Devontae Adams. You have one of the best slot receivers in football, and Hunter Renfro. And then you you also have one of the top, probably three or four tight ends when healthy, and Waller. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr had been a dark horse to win an MVP. I like Derek Carr for a, a couple of years in his career. He's, He's seems a baller. To be trending up the last couple of years. He's a baller. You still have Josh Jacobs, who's a solid running back. But again, probably the question mark for the Raiders will be defense as well. Yeah. The Chargers is like, can they get out of their own way? They, they always find, fall on the yeah, plate
0: for their own face.
1: Their last two head coaches, not including the current one, it was like they couldn't figure out ways to win close games and to hold on to leads.
0: Is Justin Herbert the worst? And this is not a diss to Justin Herbert, but is he the worst quarterback in the AFC West?
1: I think right now you'd probably have to say yes, but he's a guy that's chasing a lot of records. F- and he's, for, not ba- he's not bad. He's not bad for really someone good. that's been in the league less than, you know, three years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you look at the Raiders. I think their question marks going to be defense. You look at the the chargers. Their question mark is They're themselves. Can Herbert continue to get better? And what's their defense going to look like? You chiefs, Defense is a question mark. I think the most complete team right now is the Denver Broncos.
0: That's crazy to say, isn't it?
1: Well, you added Russell Wilson. You already have a solid defense. It's not great, but it's solid. And you already have what? Javante Williams and most likely Melvin Gordon coming back. You see Melvin Gordon throwing
0: shade on Twitter saying he's not one of the top running backs in the game. We can get that later.
1: Well, then you also have, you know, some receiving pieces. I know you had to uh, depart with Fant. yeah. But you still have some decent pieces, oh, and, and again, like I said, there's still a draft. You still have June 1st cuts. It's a long ways away. I would say out of all of them, they're all going to be solid teams. It's not like is that the best the best division? Excuse me. If if I'm the Green Bay Packers, Thanks. and you know how you do like the cross cross leagues where you play like one division. Uh, if I'm in NFC division, I don't want to get the AFC West. No, not at all. This isn't a year where I'd like to have the AFC West. This is a year where I'm like, yeah, I'd still prefer to play like the AFC South.
0: Uh, that's who the, and the Packers get the South.
1: <laughs> Good. Or wait, no, that was last year. Uh, I have to
0: go look. I don't I have
1: to go look. But, but regard. But regardless, it's going to be a tough division. And right now, if you look at rosters and, and where they're at, it's probably the toughest division as of right now.
0: Uh, okay. They get the North. The Packers, they get the AFC North. So you, and I mean, the Bills will be tough. Uh, let's see here. The Packers opponent, uh, yep, they do play in Buffalo. Uh, ooh, they play against the Buccaneers. Tom Brady, that'll be a good one. Uh, so looking at this, Rowdy, is the worst division in football where the Packers reside, the NFC North?
1: God, yes. it's, that or the, that are potentially the, uh, it's probably the North.
0: Yeah, it's, Yeah, the Vikings, I mean, they gave Kirk Cousins, you know, that's their boy. The Bears, who knows what's going to happen with uh, Justin Fields and their backup now is Trevor Simeon. They might, I think they're trying to trade away Nick Foles.
1: I don't know. I just think overall, when you look at the two NFL divisions, AFC is much better than than the NFC. I mean, you look at the AFC East, Buffalo should be solid. Miami has done a lot of work. Mm -hmm. The Patriots are always going to be decent especially with Bill Belichick leading yeah. the team. Yep. Mac Jones seems to be the a real deal. Jets won't be good because of the Jets. Yeah, they suck. But then you look at the AFC North, every single one of those teams in the AFC North could be pretty good, or at least solid. The AFC South, you are going to have the Colts and the Titans, but Jacksonville and Houston won't be that great. Yeah. And then there's the West where we just talked about all four of those teams should be pretty solid. Then you turn the, the no, page. The NFC is pretty weak the NFC you have the Cowboys who are a lesser team than what they were last year they've lost players mm-hmm. you have the Giants which they're terrible throw them just they're into awful, the same awful yeah same thing with the Jets they're just bad Philly seems like they're getting better the commanders feel like they're not exactly sure which direction they should go the north everyone's probably not going to be great outside of Green Bay the south the Falcons traded away Matt Ryan. Yeah, and now I think the number one quarterback on their depth chart will be between AJ McCarron Oof. and uh, Marcus Mariota. Oh, the Carolina Panthers have a decent defense. Christian McCaffrey, hopefully will, will he stay healthy. Ha- hopefully healthy for football fans. But who the hell's going to play quarterback? They've been searching for a quarterback the whole time Matt Rule's been there. They're going to trade Baker there. New Orleans Saints. They're a team that they're hoping Jameis Winston can come back and play James decent, James, but maybe. Jameis Winston's been very inconsistent in his career. And then there's Tampa Bay. And then you have the West Cardinals. Yeah. They started out great. Yeah. But Cliff Kingsbury always fades. Did not finish. Well, you they have the Rams who fade. should be solid. 49ers will be solid. And then Seattle who traded away Russell Wilson. And seems like they're probably going to rebuild. Yeah,
0: They're going to stink. Uh, AFC
1: much more loaded.
0: AFC. He's got the teams, man.
1: Um, Packers do one of the best, obviously, uh, in the NFC I think purely looking at the NFC just off the top of your head the Green Bay Packers should be a top four team yep no matter what happens in the NFC this year
0: Rams Bucks Packers
1: Niners Niners those are the, those are the top four teams in my mind that I don't know if there's yeah, any the Cowboys outside of there
0: to you know nipping at your heels a little bit but I'm not worried
1: about the Cowboys sorry Big Mike
0: all right, 608, 16, Cowboys 17.
1: had to let go of Amari Cooper. Yeah. Cooper's People should gone. dig into how much better um, Dak Prescott is statistically when Amari Cooper's on the field versus when he's not, and they just let him go. Yeah, he loves
0: Amari and Cooper. And
1: Ezekiel Elliott, we'll see where that knee's at because he still does not have a great great knee after last year, and they're paying him a lot of money.
0: Yeah, and but he can't afford full-size shirts. That's really interesting with Ezekiel Elliott.
1: All right, 608-321-1670, Twitter zone. Don't you get a feeling that mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals will once again be pretenders? Yes, I do. Every year it seems like Dallas underperforms and Cliff Kingsbury Cliff King- always he- underperforms. He
0: always starts hot and then fades real fast, Cliff Kingsbury. Um, and the Cowboys, I mean, they'll be, they'll be thrown in your face nationally about, you know, they'll probably have a little run in the middle of the season when a couple of games by the end of it, they'll be fading and fading fast. I
1: think the big, I, I think clearly we know that Los Angeles Rams will be good because they retained a lot of players. You know, that Tampa Bay will be good because it's Tom Brady. They, I know they re-signed Godwin. They're going to do everything possible by the start of the season to, uh, to comfort Tom Brady and give him weapons. San Francisco, their big question mark is going to be quarterback. Do they roll with Jimmy G? Well, there's breaking news. Are they going to roll with Trey Lance?
0: An hour ago from Adam Schefter, one day after 49ers GM John Lynch said the team had no plans to release Jimmy Garoppolo. Head coach Kyle Shanahan says there's a scenario in which Garoppolo does remain in San Francisco for the upcoming season.
1: Well, we'll have to figure out what ends up uh, happening there because, yeah, they got to make a decision between Lance or Jimmy G. And maybe the way to follow and stay up to date on the 49ers is just to go hit the follow button on GM John Lynch's Twitter account (laughs) and see if he accidentally likes any other tweets.
0: Yeah, because he said uh, there was a tweet that was like disparaging Jimmy Garoppolo and John Lynch liked it. The 49ers GM Uh, afterwards. He blamed it on as he was in church during the service. He was fiddling around in his pocket and his phone must have been on or he unlocked it and accidentally liked a tweet while getting right with the Lord, Rowdy.
1: Sure. Yeah. I think uh, I've had Twitter for eight, nine years now, I would say, and I think I've accidentally liked something maybe two to three times in the near decade. Same.
0: And then I unlike it right away if I accidentally do it. (laughs) Very few and far between. I can't say I've ever been fiddling around in my pockets, too. While at church, and then liking tweets that specifically... Now, on your timeline, you could like a different range of tweets. This one just happened to be about his own player who he didn't care for, in Jimmy Garoppolo. Huh, interesting, Mr. Lynch. Are you sure you should be lying when you're in the house of the Lord? As I was driving around this fine city that is Madison, Wisconsin, I was on the beautiful north side, coming right down by Athens Grill and then down by Murphy's, and then cruising out a little more. I was by, uh, let's see, Beef Butter, and around that time, because I had to run to uh, the hardware store, pick up some bags of salt for the the water softener, and as I was pulling into the parking lot, there it was, the beautiful sound of Bob Euchre. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone! For Willie Adamas! Willie Adamas, Rowdy, hit a screamer out of the park, Before that, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, they were talking about how he was hitting some dingers off of the first pitch, uh, DH for the Milwaukee Brewers, and how those two were going to be just gelling and gelling big time together. And I was like, hell yeah, listening to baseball on the radio, listening to Euchre call some home runs, hearing Willie Adamas hit a a donger, uh, hearing good stuff about Andrew McCutcheon, feeling damn good, damn good about the crew. Uh, before we dive into the uh, prospect list here rowdy of some uh, of the some reshuffling and whatnot for the Milwaukee Brewers, uh you getting you getting fired up or less than what, ten days away now from opening yeah, day. Yeah, nine. Nine, nine days. days till
1: opening day next Thursday.
0: How's it feeling, man? I mean, you're keeping a little tabs on the crew, obviously, in spring training. They Well, I
1: told you like back in not I think it was late high, February, I normally start to get pretty excited because normally by the state tournament and in, in wrestling, you have like your first brewer spring training game. Yeah. Now obviously that was pushed back. They had their lockout and spring training went from six and a half weeks to three and a half weeks and now you're trying to fit everything in. I still have not really dove into it super close like if it was like a normal season. I'm kind of still waiting for that energy to come back with opening day. Now I'm still keeping tabs, you know, seeing highlights Checking box scores, doing kind of the normal things, just haven't been like head over heels yeah, for mean, the Brewers. Yeah. Still kind of coming down off of March Madness and and kind of being in that in between for me. March sadness, dude. But there was one thing that I was doing when I got a notification talking about the Brewers' new prospect list because they do this every single year right before the year starts, mm-hmm. and I kind of chuckled because I you know scrolled through it. I'm looking at some of the guys and. I feel like as Brewer fans, we're in one of two years when we look at bro- uh, prospects. The first is where the pro- the farm system is awesome; And it's just riddled with young talent, and you you look at the the prospect list, and everyone from you know Baseball America to you know insert the the publication that's going to do the rankings yeah. has them in like the top five or the top 10. And you're like super excited. Cause you're like hearing about this guy and he's supposed to be really good. And then, Oh, they got a power bat here and jazzed up. Baby. But then the product on the field for the Milwaukee Brewers is normally not very good. <laughs> it's like, okay, this team's going to win 70 games. Maybe they'll win uh, 82 this year. Like, right. That's one of them. Then the other is okay. Now you've had the Brewers being pretty competitive since 2017. All of this has come basically the tail end of Doug Melvin and David Stearns with Craig Council being the manager. Yeah. But then once you had that surprise season in 2018 and you started to kind of go all in in 2019, they started trading pieces of the prospects. Mm-hmm. And again, their prospects, not all of them are going to turn out. No, If they did, they would be like the God of general managers in baseball history. Well, they start trading prospects. They make the, the Christian Yelich deal. They make the Mike Moustakis deal. They start doing some of these trades in middle of the season where they're they're unloading some of these. All of a sudden, a year or two ago, you look up at the farm system and you go, oh, my God. The there is God. literally no talent in it. And you Guys are over here puking in the back. According oh to God. publications, they were like, just within the last year or two, they were like bottom three for farm system. And you looked at some of the names on there and you're like, my Lord, outside of like one name, <laughs> it's a bunch of like 20, 24 to 27 year old prospects that are old within the next year or two. They're going to graduate off this list because so they're, they're all pro-
0: old. What's their five year plan? Don't die.
1: It it was pretty brutal. But looking at the, the current prospect list for the Brewers, you got to have a little bit of excitement because I feel like you look at the Brewers right now and they do. They do have a really good product on the field. And the minor league system the last two years has gained some good prospects. Not that we're talking about a top five uh, farm system like they had in, what was that, 2018 or mm-hmm. right around in that time. It's not that type, but it's getting stronger. And it's saying if the Brewers wanted to go out and get a piece and really go all in to win it all by, uh, by 2024, they might actually have some pieces to trade. Or if you're looking to extend that uh, window when, like, I think Lorenzo Cain retires after this year or some of the guys' contracts come up, you're going to have at least some options to dig into the minor league system. Okay, so the Brewers, I think it was two years ago, did not have a top 100 prospect. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Top 100 prospect is obviously you're talking about all of the minor league teams. Last year, they had, I think, one and then maybe a second guy. Jumped into that, and that was Garrett Mitchell and Bryce Terang. Now, you look at them this year, they have two solid top 100 prospects in Sal Freelich and Joey Weimer. Joey Weimer, by the way, we had on, on the show in 2020 when he was waiting, and then in the between on what the hell was going to happen, yep. and on these airwaves. Garrett Mitchell and Bryce Terang. Those are two guys that were in the top 100 for him last year. They fall just outside the top 100. So essentially, the Brewers, you can say, probably have about four prospects in the top 120, 125, which is a hell of a lot better than where they were two years ago. But looking at some of those guys. Is Ashby on the prospect list, too? He is. He's number three on their list. Uh, Some of the big name players, we'll just go right down the list. Number one is Sal Freelich. He was their first round pick. Uh, I believe that was just like a year or so ago. He's a guy that's smaller. He's going to be more of a spray hitter. Plus, plus speed. He's 5'9", 175, lefty. Yeah, he he's gives you a plus, plus speed, decent contact. He's never going to be a power hitter, but he's going to be good defensively, and he's going to be able to spray the ball all over. His ETA is twenty twenty four, so he's not... He's not going to be ready in the you know the next year.
0: He also was the Massachusetts Gatorade Football Player of the Year in twenty seventeen eighteen. Rowdy, the more you know,
1: good athlete, excelled in hockey too. Allegedly, Joey Weimer, though the guy that we had on, this this kid absolutely has light tower power. And what do I mean by that? He can just smoke the ball. He hits six five home runs two fifteen. But the big thing with him was, can he cut his K rate down? Which he has. Now it's still pretty high but they do like that his uh, walk rate has also increased. And this is a guy that went from having to sit out in 2020 to 2021 between, uh, I believe uh, low a and high a yeah. hit nearly 30 home runs and stole 30 bases for a guy. That's six, five. Wasn't he the, was he the player of the year? Yeah, he was the yeah. minor league player of the year. And this he's is a, a baller. Guy that, dude. Yeah. He's going to be a plus outfielder cause he's got decent speed and he's got big time power. His biggest thing is, Can he not strike out as much? He's got a 22.2% K K rate in the
0: minors. Weimers actually whiffed less than might be expected for a hitter of so many moving parts.
1: And then number three on that list is Aaron Ashby. He's a guy that we've all seen outside of his first two appearances with the Brewers. He's looked pretty good. He took the goggles off and he got better. They're kind of describing him as like the poor man's left-handed Corbin Burns. Number four is Garrett Mitchell. We've talked about him. That was a, a good draft pick where he's got a lot of speed. He's, again, going to be a guy that's going to be a plus defender, can spray the ball over. Probably not as much uh, power. He doesn't have a big-time big, big time power, but he's a guy with a high ceiling and potentially could be your center yeah. fielder in the Garrett, future. Gary Mitchell got a hit in a ribby yesterday, too, by the way, on the Giants. Bryce Terang is number five. He's been a guy <laughs> that... Ever. He's been around forever, yeah. and you act like, man, we talk about those 24- to 27-year-old prospects. This guy's got to be getting old and aging out, right? To- that's that's why he's falling off of the list. No, he's only 22. He was drafted out of high school. He's been around for four years, but he's not old. No, he's 22 years old. And also, he's got the the bloodline. His dad also played big league baseball. He's a guy that continues to improve, probably going to be able to stick at shortstop, won't be ready Um to play, obviously, at the major league level with Adamus in front yeah, of him. Yeah. But he's a guy that can play shortstop, can play second, has some speed, decent defender. But then you look at some of the other random ones on this list. You can go in and talk about Ethan Small, number eight. You see him in the bullpen. Yeah, Saw him a little bit of work in the spring right. training. He's a guy that right now he's only got two good pitches. And he's kind of that in-between. He was drafted out of Miss, uh, Mississippi State blew his elbow out so like when they drafted him he was coming in rehabbing Mm -hmm. and needed like a full year to get and then you had 2020 then he needed a full year to kind of come back and and get right but he's a guy that kind of like ashby he'll be able to move between the bullpen and the starting rotation if they needed him he'd almost probably be the guy behind ashby and i feel like right now with where his pitches are at he's probably a better uh better spot to have in the bullpen with having two good pitches. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, that's some of the guys in your top 10. You look at some of the other big names, Joe Gray jr. He was, he had a huge season last year, but he's just been inconsistent in the outfield. His biggest problem is he's got a ton of raw power. Just that strikeout, rate, Kind of this him and Joey Weimer really busted on the seam last year. Yeah. They have uh, another guy that's on there, Antoine Kelly. He's a guy that when they drafted him, he also had arm issues, basically took a year to get right, had 2020, 20, and then last year was kind of still rehabbing as well. Who, he throws in the upper 90s left-handed. He's a guy that maybe in a couple of years you could is, have a who is this guy? Russell Smithy six, nine? A pitcher? Do you know anything about this guy? See, he's not really one that is rookie. Ball. Fell on the list, like yeah, because he's 23 years old and rookie. I ball, just but saw yes. six nine. I was like, geez. Outside of that, the other bigger time prospect that you should probably know is Marie, uh, Mario Feliciano. I know I've mentioned him a couple times in the last year or so. He's probably going to be the catcher of the future once uh, Narvaez deal expires at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that's always been able to. Uh, hit the ball really well, but his biggest question marks are throwing the baseball. Okay. Defender good bat, but throwing the baseball, a lot of guys steal at a high rate on him. He did have an impingement in his shoulder last year. That's what, uh, that's what hurt his season and kind of had him have a setback. But yeah, again, he's been around if you follow prospects for a while, but he's only 23 because he's been around since he was like 17 or 18 and then looking at this list towards the bottom i said how the brewers had like a few years ago a ton of a ton of those 24 to 27 year olds thank god all those guys are starting <laughs> to fall off the list david stearns has been replenishing it with like the last couple drafts and or some of the international signings but yes Alec Bettinger, a guy that got absolutely rocked last year, is still the oldest guy on there at almost 27 years of age. He's 24. Dylan Files, another guy that I when he that has name. gotten some run, he got lit up, lit. but he's also had a lot of injuries. He's another guy that'll be turning 26 on that list. But out of all of that, David Stearns has done a really good job the last couple of years Bringing some young talent back onto this list so that it's at least seen as having you going super uh, young coming up here. Yeah, having some potential and at least being trade bait and having some pieces on there that will be ready either this year or the next year to this guy be the next Braylon Allen. But you look at it. He also has nine guys that he has signed since 2018 via international signing. Uh and the last few years, the Brewers have actually done really well getting some of these really young prospects. I just want to name Johan Berrios. 17. Who comes in at 30th on this list. Now, yes, he was signed at age 17. (laughs) 17 years old he was signed. But the craziest thing to me is their estimated time of arrival to the big leagues on him is 2028. So six years from now, Jesus, but this is the crazy part to me. It's his birth date. If you want to feel old, he was born in 2005, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 2005, Mm -hmm. but yes, overall, you look at what Stearns has done. Nine of their top 30 prospects have been signed within the last three, four years, and they're all international signings. And a lot of the guys in that top 30 now have been drafted within the last two to three years. So it has been replenished a little bit. It's not as good as what it used to be before they made all those trades, but it's a hell of a lot better than where it was two, three <laughs> years ago where you're sitting there going, man, they really don't. Just two years ago, it was like, okay, they hadn't drafted Garrett Mitchell yet. They, uh, they did not draft Sal Frelick. Joey Weimer wasn't a thing. Yeah. Some of those guys, like Ethan small were coming off of injuries or extremely young to the point where everything of their uh, ceiling was complete projection. But yeah, now some of them are starting to become of age because you look at that list. It's no longer 24 to 27. Now you're sprinkling in a lot of guys that are 21 to 23 and then the extremely young ones. I think the brewers are in good hands, especially the fact that David Stern still has this season for a draft. He also, uh, unless the Brewers win the World Series, would have at least another year with a draft and international signings. Oh, Brewers are winning the World Series
0: this year, Rowdy, so. Let's, I hope so. Snipped that in the butt right I, there.
1: I would trade that. I would trade a Brewers World Series for David Stearns being gone after the end of the year.
0: What if they were to lose in the World Series? Would you trade a Packers Super Bowl for that?
1: No, I wouldn't trade anything for it. <laughs> oh, sorry, I had... I, I, I had Grant think, Bills on earlier today. The only today. thing that I would trade for that is uh, I would trade the team that beat them in the World Series for their World Series championship. <laughs> I had Grant Bills on earlier today. I was just you know, getting to my frontal lobe.